1: I'm assuming they'll do some kind of. I don't, do you do videos for coaches? I would assume, right? Probably, yeah. especially when yeah. you make it to a cup final. So um, um, I think I he's going to have a warm reception, right? You think so? I, I hope it's like his
2: welcome home video is just a Jake DeBrusque highlight reel. <laughs> <I think that. laughs> To another episode of Bruins and Bruins, we're still on the air somehow. Uh my name is Drew Johnson. We're here with Cam Hasbrook. We got Chris Gear. Uh, we got a uh, we got the Hockey Podcast Network podcast Bruins Diehards Pride Diehards uh, Draft gigs. Um We got a twenty three and oh Bruins team. Uh, the it's now tied for the quickest uh to get to 20 wins in nhl history they're tied uh 23 games to get the 20 wins they're tied with the 2012 2013 uh chicago blackhawks and then the 1929 30 boston Bruins. so uh just continuing to to break some records uh or tie them i suppose (laughs) which is still good but before all that let's get to drinks Uh, I'm not drinking anything. Well, I am. I got a nice Arizona sweet tea here. Uh, 37s all around. Just the classic go-to. You're in high school. Go to the gas station. You got $5 in your pocket. Spend one on an Arizona, four on the snack.
1: Hell yeah. (laughs) All right. I got our featured beer of the day, which is uh, Baxter's Land. Hell Uh, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant lager. Not a regular lager. A brilliant lager. Checking in at 4.9 ABV says brewed with old world techniques to be as pristine and refreshing as the place we call home. This beer is for those of us whose favorite destination is right in our backyard. Amen to that. Uh, described also as a beer for beer drinkers, which I feel like most probably are. Um, but I, I get what they're saying out of this. It's a very crispy, classic, clean lager here. Drinkability. Pretty high for that. You can really drink this. Uh, I know Drew said he had a, a pretty good night last night diving into a few. Drew could probably still pound a couple of these. They're nice and refreshing enough. It shouldn't be much of an issue. Damn, drinkability. you should have got me some. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll run it down here. We'll just have a, like a 30-minute pause in the episode where it's just me sprinting <laughs> down to your side of the port. <laughs> right there, down at but... 295. <laughs> mm. uh, drinkability, uh, I'm going to check it in at a 30. And uh, tasteability. Uh, like a twenty, but like a respectable twenty. It's uh, it's nothing overpowering, but it, uh, it is checking in with a nice, clean, refreshing palate cleanser. So, uh, good stuff right here. Shout out to Baxter. Oh well, yeah. Alrighty. Um.
2: So. When did you? You guys recorded Thursday, right? So, there, oh no, there's only been one game. It's only been that Saturday. Yeah, night. we had that
1: weird break thing
2: um, for against the Colorado Avalanche. I was fortunate enough to have tickets land in my lap and got to go. With my buddy James, um, just absolutely electric throughout that whole game. And it helps when you score or, early and have a solid lead early. But they just kept tacking on. And hello, Sebastian. They just kept tacking on, and just overwhelming and i what i really loved was that uh marshy de pasta on the power play one timer just kind of cla- i just had a great view for that one just you could see it coming like you could the the building could kind of feel that coming when they s- saw pasta winding up for the one timer uh what are your guys' thoughts on on that game and you know the 23 and oh
1: boston team yeah um obviously really good impressions, uh, bagging the defending Stanley cup champions five to one to extend to 14 and 0 at home is pretty incredible. Um, I think I tweeted after the game, I'm I'm having a hard time remembering the last time the vibes were this high around the, the team on the ice. Um, what sticks out to me about that game is, is obviously Colorado is an incredibly talented squad. They're deep. Um, and this is the type of game that, a lot of the time, especially if it were to be like a playoff game or something, you get that three to one lead and you start to sit back, right. And just try to hold it. And it seems like this team under Montgomery is really committed to that, just aggressive kinetic, constantly pressing play style. And when you can take a a two goal lead over a team like that, it's It can become easy to become complacent and just try to lock down, you know, McKinnon and and those guys who are going to be really dangerous, but they just kept pressing and all of a sudden they get, you know, a couple of good chances. They score two goals in 10 seconds and it's a route all of a sudden, right? The place is going crazy. So, um, you know, obviously I think with the break they had, that was probably helpful getting some fresh legs and stuff, you know, to go that full 60 against a team like that. But, uh, and that's going to be something that's tested as they play pretty much every other day through the rest of the month. Um, but that was really impressive to me to see them play just a, such a complete 60 against a team like that. Uh, And obviously I think that reflects a lot of of talent and talent being used in the right ways up and down the lineup.
0: Yeah. Vibes are good. Um, I feel like a lot's been made about certain roster moves, like even by us just talking about um, certain D combos and um, certain line combos, but it kind of feels like whatever Montgomery puts together works. So there's really not even a whole lot to talk about there. I mean, uh, I, I know we have a question later on about the third line, so I'll, I'll save that for later. But um, just cool to see a, a few guys really, really picking it up. I, I mean, every time I watch AJ Greer, I'm like, oh, this guy is like the perfect fourth liner. Like, this is exactly who you want on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's, he's energy, he's pace, he's he's got all sorts of hard-nosed skills that you'd want in a fourth-line guy, and he's – I don't even, I, he could probably play up on the third line if you wanted him to, but I mean, he just has that perfect kind of game for, for bottom six. And, um, seeing that line work is, is awesome, especially uh, in a game where, uh, you know, you're playing against a really tough team. That's I guess usually deeper than they were, uh, the other night, but, um, you know, being able to roll four lines and be pretty confident in all four of those lines, at least holding
1: serve, uh, obviously helpful. Yeah. Something that sticks out to me about Greer is I feel like, like a lot of fourth liners and you talk about like that fourth line energy that you want are great at like the, the chip and chase or like playing it out in the corners. I feel like Greer does a good job of steering that pressure kind of towards the net. So you're not just wearing down the defenses stuff. you're actually still like creating chances at least and, and putting pressure on, on all five guys versus just trying to, you know, buy time until you can bring out those first three lines again. Um, but, yeah, I think obviously the the flexibility that Montgomery has had is only possible because, you know, they have been playing so well in the lineup. And obviously that reflects on the stars who have been showing up and, and those middle guys, the Charlie Coils and stuff, who have been good. But it also really reflects on that fourth line that he's comfortable moving guys around or even just keeping that together right now. Um, and it's, it's working pretty much every time anybody's on the ice right now.
2: Uh, something... During the, the Avs game, um, when Felino fought and then he got the extra for roughing, I had a feeling they were going to give him like an instigator. I found it weird they gave him an extra two for roughing. Um, but I may have yelled some obscenities uh, towards the referee. Um, and I I think there was like, not, not like a little kid, like a, like a teenage girl and her dad and her dad throughout like the game I realized was like explaining stuff like, oh, during that scrum, the two defensemen have to stay at the blue line because they're not allowed to go in towards the opposing net in a scrum or, or whatever. Um, (laughs) and so I realized I was that, that fucker yelling at the ref at the Boston garden (laughs) fucking hammered for, for her. So. I'm proud to take on that role. But also, uh, I just love Felino playing the role he is. It, it feels like it's like a David Beckham situation, but Nick Felino can like play that role, and he's kind of been in that role and has the leadership and will play the gritty game. Doesn't mind uh, you know, playing a few minutes. I just spilt something.
1: <laughs> well done. That's <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, yeah,
2: I've really liked Felino's play is
1: kind of the summary of my thoughts there. Felino revenge tour is definitely nice. Um, Nothing but positives to say about Linus Omar, too. I mean, this goaltending tandem has been great so far, but another really solid night out of him. Um, Obviously, I think the Bruins did a pretty good job of not getting pinned in and and giving him too many, like, long shifts, if you will, in net. Um, But, yeah, to to hold a team like that to one goal, obviously, is is always going to be impressive. So um, more out of the same out of him and, Really just, uh, you know, obviously it's still kind of early in the season here, but um, as, as far as, you know, we go back to, we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago, but when they initially, initially made that signing and it's like, oh, all right, we're giving three guys to a guy who's, you know, been impressive out of Buffalo, but hasn't really been tested out of there. And I don't think, uh, you know, you could have asked it to pay off much better than it has so far, especially this season. So shouts to uh, shouts to Son Sweeney on that one. You got to give him credit there.
0: Yeah. I mean, but contract's a little, the contract looks really good right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's still pretty young. He's uh, he, he's seemed like a streaky goalie um, over his short career, but I mean he's been really consistent this year. And uh, I it, it I feel like confidence, both in terms of what you have in front of you and what you've been doing, is such a huge thing for a goalie and. Um, you know, having just having played that well for so long and having his team continue to play well in front of him, uh, I mean, all kind of bodes well for things rolling downhill a little bit.
1: Yeah, certainly love to see that. Um, random note, did you see that Bruins alumni game, the uh, de-pairing of a Sedano chart and Ray Bork? <laughs> yeah, it's a
0: uh, decent pairing.
1: Yeah, not too bad. Uh, I wish we could, like, do a, a simulation where we could see both of them in their primes. And also, um, like, I wonder if, if Orr and Bork have ever skated together in one of those, or if that overlap never happened, but that would have been pretty cool, too. Um, is that, like, a thing that's – can you uh, can you go to that? Is it, like, I assume it's for, like, charity or something. I don't really know. I haven't looked into it that much, but I'm assuming they sell tickets to that, but that would be kind of cool to go to. I'm not yeah. really sure what the deal is, but –
0: it was hard to see who was actually playing in that, like what, what the rest of the team looks
1: like. Yeah. Yeah, wow, they like just it.
2: featured the stars. little <laughs> well, nice stars, C- like Kevin Miller and Adam McQuaid. Nice equator
1: playing, you know, yeah. looking good. Not so much for Kevin You're Miller. You to but...
2: that – well, at least it, uh, it's good to see he didn't break a leg. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He's done so many times. <laughs> Every time he returns, he just breaks another leg. Um. Yeah, sorry. My absence uh, there for a couple minutes was I spilt, like, my entire Arizona.
1: (laughs) And it was, like, slow. I think it was, like,
2: slowly spilling for the past, like, five minutes. And then I just noticed it when I saw it trickling down to uh, the ground off the table. So the whole table is, like, covered in Arizona. It's um, a party foul, but at least it wasn't a beer. The NBA season is heating up and there're still so many unknowns that's why at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA new customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do check this out feel the sweat Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings' stepped-up game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win total rebounds and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
1: Uh, we got Bruce Cassidy coming to town. Yes. Should be interesting. I don't know. I'm like... I'm assuming they'll do some kind of – do you do videos for coaches? I would assume, right? Probably. Especially when you make it to a cup final. So Um, I think he's going to have a warm reception, right? You think so? I
2: I hope it's uh, like his welcome home video is just a Jake DeBrusque highlight reel. (laughs) (laughs) But all from this (laughs) season. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, I think it'll be a warm welcome. I don't think everyone was surprised when he left. um, And then it wound up are I feel like we're all like, oh, wow, that wound up being a good decision because we all questioned it then. So uh, it's like no disrespect to him and, uh, you know, led the Bruins to a cup final and just was a really good coach while he was here. So I think it'll be a warm, a warm reception. Should be a good test too,
1: Vegas's. Obviously, had a pretty solid start this season. I think they've slowed down a little bit, right? I know they were off to another heater with the Bruins when they got going, but um, I'm not sure exactly where they're at right now. But they are a good team. So um should be another good test of that. The next few really are in two weeks. I think we have uh, the Avs again. Is it Tampa again or something like that? Maybe they, oh no, it's Vegas twice and the Avs again, I think, right? And
0: yeah. the, is, in the middle. Well, the NHL schedule makers are just like, on something They just hey let's do a bunch of home and homes and uh, let's make sure there's no games on Fridays or whatever
2: yeah you have a bit <laughs> of a grind there with the well the abs at 9 p.m then you got the Coyotes on Friday at nine thirty, and then a not so bad 8 p.m game against the Golden Knights on Sunday uh but uh, is there a point? We haven't had that yet, right? That stint where you get all the games at like 10 because they're on a West Coast tour. <laughs> like a band. Because that's what they are now. They're bandwagon on tour. Let's go. Everyone get on board. Um,
1: yeah. Very cool. I think yeah. we have uh, a listener question. Yeah. A solo
2: one. A it solo was, one. It, well, Richie asked it. a word? Well, yeah.
1: which Yeah, word. Word. Word, Richie. Word, Richie. And then he said dope. Nice. As well. True. Hell yeah, Hell yeah brother. Sick.
2: <laughs> That's sick nasty, dude.
1: Drew, do you um, have the other one or do you want me to? Yeah, yeah. Then
2: there's a real <laughs> question from Sean. I didn't know who was taking that. Um. Yeah, Sean says, do you think having Hall on the third line is sustainable? Is Frederick emerging more offensively, and will it continue if so? Um, I think when you're playing with Taylor Hall, uh, <laughs> that's that's what's going to happen. Uh, and that line, Obviously, you, you have uh, Frederick and Coyle there who have been working together great. Uh, I mean, yeah, adding Taylor Hall is only going to make that line more productive. Um, if you can make it work with, uh, you know, his absence from the second line still working, I just think wherever, um, you know, you have the most lines being productive is good. And I, I didn't see their minutes, but, you know, Hall gets a bunch of minutes on the power play as well. Um, maybe that keeps him a little fresh for them, but also uh, you give Montgomery like you can just roll all four lines um, when you break it up that way. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I, I like the call. I'd like to see how long they give it. Um, really just depends on if he's missed too much on that second line with Krejci and Pasta.
0: Yeah, I think Zaka's done a really good job. I mean, I know a lot was made of his, uh, shooting inability by, uh, New Jersey. And I mean, he did miss a couple of shots in the last few games, but like he's been productive and he's been, a good facilitator on that line. Really all you need on that second line is, I mean, it's kind of the same deal with Hall. Like you just need someone who can get past of the puck, like someone who can create and draw some attention away from him. And I feel like Krejci and Saka can do that totally fine.
1: Yeah. I think uh, we kind of mentioned this like a, maybe it was last week, but part of the beauty is that like these, these changes haven't really come out of desperateness desperation that's the word (laughs) it's like i somewhere there um journalism major everybody um it it hasn't been out of desperation it's been just kind of toying with different things and seeing how it works and especially I mean obviously we're only 23 games into the season here but I think at this point it's safe to say the Bruins should be in the playoffs um and so I think a chance especially this early for Montgomery to kind of try out a couple different things in case some of that scoring dries up later in the year in case you get a weird injury or something and kind of seeing, all right, besides the obvious combinations that are working, what else can we go to if we do need to switch things up down the road so that, you know, all of a sudden their scoring dries up in April and you have to switch up some lines. It's not the first time the guys are playing together outside of a practice. So I think um, that's another bonus to it. But um as far as Frederick, I feel like the the scouting report on him has always been, you know, obviously he's a high-energy guy. He brings a lot of physicality and stuff, but he does have a really good shot. He's got a pretty good release. Um, I feel like the issue last year is that the Bruins weren't really playing in a way that was giving him those kind of opportunities, and obviously having somebody like Taylor Hall on that line who's going to draw a lot of attention, create some space, is going to give him more opportunities like the one we saw yesterday, or several, but especially that second goal that he scored. Um, I think that was Eric's goal. <laughs> right. No, that was Fred's goal. Eric did not score. Trent got the first one. Fred had the second one, but the quick release from Fred on that, on that, I don't know if it was a one timer or just kind of a stop and shot, but it was um, a It was right. And he popped the top corner. Like it was not, like he's got that you know, shot. It's yeah. just that it's rare for him to kind of have that kind of, he doesn't have the ability skating wise or hands wise to create that space for himself. But if you have somebody like Taylor Hall in the off wing, who's going to do that all of a sudden you can draw that open and just feed it over to him. And, and I'm not, you know, I'm not sure Trent Frederick is exactly the guy that people are marking as, as like a need to mark kind of guy in the, in the offensive zone. Um, so that, you know, if they can make it work again, it, it all depends on the success of the second line, but if they can keep producing up there. I don't mind dropping the hall down and, you know, I've seen people talking about it on Twitter and stuff. I don't feel like really it's a demotion at this point with how, how the lines have been rolling.
2: Yeah. All That's right. Awesome. <laughs> we're so smart. It's amazing. Like he just yeah, got,
1: <laughs> he to... he's got to agree when they're 20-3. and three, It's like, yeah, it's working. What you <laughs>
2: yeah, it? don't, don't do it. Well, actually, if, if you're playing Taylor Hall in your third line, like it just makes me not so scared if someone got injured. It's like, oh, Marsh, like, you know, like a short-term injury. When you're talking long-term injury, then, you know, that's different. But it's like, oh, Marsh is going to be out for two weeks. Uh, yeah, you can just bump, bump up Taylor Hall or so if Zaka gets hurt. Okay, well, that was like basically your third line guy, anyway. So whatever. Like it's just amazing how like deep this team is. And I feel like comfortable with most of those players in the bottom six, or I guess on the third line, playing second line minutes, and, and so on going up the line. So um very good to see. It's amazing. It's a amazing. special
1: season, it's tremendous. It's spectacular team is good. Contrary to
2: some Bruins fans. Um, on that note, is there anything else need that needs addressing?
1: Keep on, keeping on.